Today's reading concludes our work in uh, Luke chapter 11. We'll be looking at verses 37 to 54. While he was speaking, a Pharisee invited him, Jesus, to dine with him. So he went in and took his place at the table. The Pharisee was amazed to see that he did not first wash before dinner. Then the Lord said to him, Now you Pharisees clean the outside of the cup and of the dish, but inside you are full of greed and wickedness. You fools, did not the one who made the outside make the inside also? So give for alms those things that are within, and see everything will be clean for you. But woe to you, Pharisees, for you tithe mint and rue and herbs of all kinds, and neglect justice and the love of God. It is these you ought to have practiced without neglecting the others. Woe to you, Pharisees, for you love to have the seat of honor in synagogues and to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces. Woe to you, for you are like unmarked graves, and people walk over them without realizing it. One of the lawyers answered him, Teacher, when you say these things, you insult us too. And he said, Woe also to you lawyers, for you load people with burdens hard to bear, and you yourselves do not lift a finger to ease them. Woe to you, for you build the tombs of the prophets whom you, your ancestors killed. So you are witnesses and approve of the deeds of your ancestors, for they killed them, and you build their tombs. Therefore, also the wisdom of God said, I will send them prophets and apostles, some of whom they will kill and persecute, so that this generation may be charged with the blood of all the prophets shed since the foundation of the world from the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah, who perished between the altar and the sanctuary. Yes, I tell you, it will be charged against this generation. Woe to you lawyers, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. You did not enter yourselves, and you hindered those who were entering. When he went outside, the scribes and the Pharisees began to be very hostile toward him and to cross-examine him about many things lying in wait for him to catch him in something he might say. Now, for this reading today, this is a series of exchanges with people beyond the circle of Jesus' disciples. This includes debates with both Pharisees and kind of the elite of the Pharisees, the lawyers, the scribes, um, also known as the interpreters of the law. We would probably interpret them today to be theologians, maybe even pastors. This is a series of woes that Jesus recites in the house of a Pharisee who has invited him for dinner. Earlier, Jesus identified the crowd that had gathered as an evil generation. That was in yesterday's reading. Now he, he indicts the duplicity and the hypocrisy of some of the religious leaders. In today's reading, there are six woes, three addressed to the Pharisees and three that are addressed to the lawyers, the scribes, these theologians. It begins with Jesus in the house of a Pharisee around table fellowship. Table fellowship is a sign of acceptance, maybe even a sign that you have been chosen as a select uh, group. It's 
since it is limited to those who observe the biblical teachings about food, what is clean and what is unclean. The holiness of Israel was clearly tied to the exclusion of people who ate meat sacrificed to idols or who ate animals which Leviticus declared to be unclean. Now in this context, the Pharisee notices with amazement, with wonder, that Jesus did not ritually wash. It wasn't a matter of washing your hands in terms of good hygiene. This was a ritual washing. How could Jesus be a rabbi, let alone the Lord, if he doesn't ritually wash his hands appropriately? Jesus's first words are a clear response to his, um, uh, to, to his host, the Pharisee. You are concerned about the outside of the cup, but what about what is in the inside? The inside and the outside is of concern to God. The Pharisee's goal is to be recognized as wise, but Jesus calls him a fool. External observance of these laws, according to Jesus, is secondary. Our focus on these things, on these rituals of the law, may blind us to what is truly important to God, what is on the inside. The law is simple. It calls for the sacrifice of a contrite heart. To turn the law into a checklist perverts the law by missing the character of God's will and God's rule. Now Jesus levels these three woes against the Pharisees, and they are prophetic denunciations. He is not just labeling these personally. This is a theological attack in a sense. All of these indictments are not just for the Pharisees, but any with Pharisaic thoughts and attitudes. Tithing, how much we give. They are tithing from the herb gardens while neglecting justice. They desire being honored in synagogues and high places and recognized in the marketplace, in the business world. Today we might say that they want to be recognized as influencers or celebrities. They had concern for purity they had such concern for purity that it made invisible, <clears throat> uh, they were made invisible to the real people so that people ignored them in a sense, just walked over them like unmarked graves. They were not effective. Not only were they not right, but they were not effective. The charges are that they have neglected the heart of the law and the heart of the law is justice justice for one's neighbor, and for the love of God. When I was reflecting on that first woe about tithing from the herb gardens, it reminded me of all the food and foods that we gather here and how um, we may be focused on our giving without ever thinking about um, the justice of how this food comes to us. The charges are that they have neglected this very heart of the law. Now the second set of these woes is directed against the lawyers, the scribes, the interpreters of the law, the theologians. 
The first woe concerns loading up people with burdens that are hard to bear, yet they have no intent in helping people keep the law. There's no compassion. The second woe is that they have built the tombs of the prophets, meaning that they and their ancestors were complicit in the rejection of God's messengers, these prophets. Now, it's clear that this is not an anti-Jewish polemic as some have made it into. This is not what Jesus is saying here. This is a classic prophetic indictment which calls the indicted to repentance. A couple of examples, one from Jeremiah 7, verses 25 and 26. This is what Jeremiah says. From the day your ancestors left Egypt until now, I have continued to send my servants, the prophets, day in and day out. But my people have not listened to me or even tried to hear. They have been stubborn, stiff-necked, and sinful, even worse than their ancestors. And then in Jesus' comments and his woe, he um, alludes to the story of the prophet Zechariah, which is recorded in Second uh, Chronicles chapter 24, verses 19 through 22. I'm going to, to take it up to verse 17, start there. Uh, Jehoiada now was this famous prophet who had been a great guide for Israel, a great help. And Jehoiada's son, who becomes the next prophet after his death, is Zechariah. But after Jehoiada's death, the leaders of Judah came and bowed before King Joash and persuaded him to listen to their advice. They decided to abandon the temple of the Lord, the God of their ancestors, and they worshiped Asherah poles and idols instead. Because of this sin, divine anger fell on Judah and Jerusalem. Yet the Lord sent prophets to bring them back, back to him. The prophets warned them, but still the people would not listen. Then the Spirit of God came upon Zechariah, son of Jehoiada, the priest. He stood before the people and said, This is what God says. Why do you disobey the Lord's commands and keep yourselves from prospering? You have abandoned the Lord, and now he has abandoned you. This would have been a classic call for repentance, but this is the response of the leaders in verse 21. Then the leaders plotted to kill Zechariah, and King Joash ordered that the stone that they stoned him to death in the courtyard of the Lord's temple. That was how King Joash repaid Jehoiada for his loyalty, by killing his son. Zechariah's last words as he died were, May the Lord see what they are doing and avenge my death. As we look to where Jesus is going, Luke helps us to see Jesus' mission more clearly. If the people of God are found to be complicit in the death of a prophet, let alone one who is Messiah and Lord, then what will God do? Only repentance and faith in the name of Jesus can save. This is addressed to all with Pharisaic and religious attitudes of pride and arrogance. The third woe brings us the offense, uh, brings this, these offenses to the center. Now, instead of helping people bear the burden of the law, these um, 
Pharisees have added to it. Instead of bearing witness to righteous, the righteous will of God, which is justice, they fight the messengers. Instead of opening the scriptures, they seal them away under their control. These theologians have done this, and these prophetic words from Jesus um, are in itself a prophecy. The forces of opposition to Jesus and his teachings begins to grow. So what is God speaking to us about through this reflection today? What is God speaking to you about as you hear these words? And what will you do about it? May God bless your reflection and may God bless your day.